I'm Ashley McManus, Director of Marketing at Affectiva. Welcome to Affectiva Asks, a human-centric AI podcast. For each episode, we will interview a thought leader doing cutting-edge work in the AI space. A little bit about us, Affectiva is the pioneer of human perception AI, software that can detect nuanced human emotions, complex cognitive states, behaviors, activities, and interactions. And Affectiva is applying this technology to advance the next generation of multimodal in-cabin sensing. Today's episode features Dr. Jessica Wilson, Senior Product Specialist at iMotions. During the interview, she talks to us a bit about her background and current role at iMotions, how iMotions and Affectiva are working together, as well as a teaser for her upcoming technical workshop at the Emotion AI Summit, More Data, Better Data, Defining Human Behavior with Biometrics. Hi, everyone, and thank you so much for joining us today. With me, I have Dr. Jessica Wilson, Senior Product Specialist at iMotions. Thank you so much for making the time to speak with us today. Thank you for having me. Great. So let's start with your background. Can you speak to your career trajectory and how you arrived to your role at iMotions today? Yeah, I took a little bit of a serendipitous path over here. Um, but my training uh, is as a researcher primarily. So I got my PhD in neuroscience in 2015 uh, from Northwestern. And my research at the time focused on motor disorders. So things like Parkinson's disease in uh, humans. So um, when I was doing my postdoc, I realized that academia wasn't really for me. I had a lot of different interests and I was really interested in the commercial space. So I was trying to figure out what to do next. And at the time, I was volunteering as a research participant for this neuromarketing firm that was doing advertising studies. So I would go in for a study and I would see all of these tools that I had worked with before, you know, EEG and eye tracking uh, being used in this novel commercial setting. And I thought, you know, this is where I want to be. I feel like there's a lot of upward motion here, a lot of cool development. Uh, and I joined iMotions in 2017. Awesome. So yeah, let's talk a little bit more about your current role. What are you working on at iMotions? Uh, so as a specialist, I wear many hats. Um, but to sum it up, um, I basically have a technical and consultative role, both within the company as well as externally to our clients. Mostly um, when it comes to our clients, we're introducing neuroscience tools to a lot of people who often don't have a science background or have not worked with neuroscience tools before. So uh, my job is to consult with my clients on how to most effectively use biosensors in their different industries. Great. So for those who aren't familiar with iMotions, maybe you could take a step back and tell us about the company and what it does at a high level. Yeah. So iMotions... Um, at iMotions, we are purveyors of multimodal biometric research, which what even is that? It's right? <laughs> a mouthful. Yeah. So the way, the way I like to often explain it is when it comes to human behavior, we have many different tools that we can use to assess behavior. So we can use eye tracking to look at visual attention. We can look at facial expression tools like Affectiva to look at valence. EEG or electroencephalography can be used for workload or motivation or engagement. Uh, and electrodermal activity, which is basically skin sweat, being used to look at physiological arousal. Now, the great thing about all of these different tools is that they give you complementary pieces of information that work very well together. The flip side of that is that there is no one sensor that can automatically define human behavior for you. What you end up with is sort of this problem similar to the three blind men and the elephant. 
where each blind man feels a different part of the elephant and says, oh, this is what an elephant feels like. If they feel the ear, they might say, oh, an elephant must be thin and flappy, you know? And it's not until you take everyone's perspectives and put them together that you get the complete elephant. So it's the same with biometric tools. Um, we really advocate for a multimodal approach where you use many tools at once. So in terms of our main offering, we provide a software platform that integrates multiple third-party hardware so that you're able to use all of those tools at once and they're already synchronized in time for you. So I feel like, in a sense, I have to issue a disclaimer here because this is an AI podcast and Affectiva is an AI company. But at iMotions, we don't do any sort of AI. We don't create any of these algorithms. Many of our clients are very interested in that. But for us, what we specialize in is data, specifically the acquisition of data and how we can enable our researchers to collect human data more efficiently and easier. Yeah, so maybe we could talk through some examples. So your who are some of your biggest customers and clients and how are they using emotions? Yeah, so our client base is actually quite broad. Um, we have many different industries and fields of study, and it's roughly a 50-50 split between academia and industry. So on the academic side, we have schools like Harvard, uh, University College London, University of Pennsylvania, Columbia. Um, actually, at Stanford, this might be interesting to you, we did a collection with them in their car simulator, looking at hands-free cell phones and driving um, and measuring distraction. And that was actually featured in an episode of Mythbusters. So you can go on our website and look at that episode. Awesome. And then on the um, industry side, we really work with multiple different verticals. So big pharma companies like GSK, um, media studies like media science. Uh, we also do a fair amount of work in automotive too. So Ford, Nissan, uh, Honda. And we actually have a commercial with Mazda Motor Europe. They collaborated with uh, some researchers at the University of Fribourg um, using iMotions in what was called the emotional test drive on ice. So they had 60 participants driving these Mazda cars on an icy track and they used um, electrodermal activity and facial expressions to sort of gauge how much fun they were having. So wow! So that's on our blog <laughs> and it's also, you can look it up on YouTube. It is a very fun commercial. Nice. That's awesome. Um, so as you mentioned, iMotions and Affectiva are partners. So what does that mean in terms of how we work together and maybe how our technology integrates at a high level? Yeah. So I, I feel like we're so lucky to be uh, really close partners, quite literally. Like you guys are a 10 minute walk away from us. Yes, we are. <laughs> so, so it's good that we get that sort of physical exchange between our companies. Um, but in terms of product, uh, we do have facial expression analysis as a module in our software using Affectiva. Affectiva's Emotion SDK. So what that means is you are able to bring in a camera feed and automatically live uh, analyze that camera feed for facial expression content in synchronization with other sensors. Um, we've seen it in many different applications within research, uh, things like usability, um, as well as communications, education, neurology. Um, it is really one of our most popular modules. Very cool. So last year, you presented a workshop at our Emotion AI Summit uh, on building emotional models with multimodal biometrics. Can you talk a little bit more about what you covered there? Yeah, first off, that was a very fun event. It was <laughs> great for us to be there. And we're very excited to be here again this year. Uh, so when it came to that workshop, what I really wanted to do was provide a very general introduction to the biometric toolbox. So we covered eye tracking, EDA, facial expressions, and EEG 
What are the kinds of metrics you can get out of it? What are the different ways you can use these in combination? And then we did a couple of live collections with members of the audience. And then we went over a couple of common use cases, uh, things like media testing, package and shelf studies, as well as automotive. Awesome. And I was just going to say, I believe you alluded to some applications in the automotive space in your presentation, and we focus a lot on automotive. Can you speak to some of the insights or learnings or any advice that you have for perspective uh, or perspective for automotive companies listening? Yeah. So the main point I want to make with regards to the automotive industry is there is a lot of room for biosensors and many different stages of the development process. I often tell clients... Any space in which you have people interacting with stuff or reacting to stuff, there's usually room for biosensors in there somewhere. Um, so that's sort of the main point. And some of the examples that, uh, that you could potentially use biosensors for are things like um, in-cabin usability of new console designs, for example, or assessing distraction or uh, in-cabin experience, um, especially with autonomous vehicles, or even things like aesthetics and design. You know, if you have two different outer designs for a vehicle and you want to see which one people tend to gravitate to more, you could use biometrics there as well. So there's many different applications. Uh, the two that I want to elaborate a bit more on are ground truth data for validation and also OEM design just in general. So we'll start with the first one, ground truth data. So in the example that I used at last year's workshop, I talked a little bit about drowsiness. Have you ever been in a car that has one of those like driver drowsiness or vigilance sort of detectors in it? No, I have not. So it, ha- so it, it happened to me once. I had actually rented a car and I was driving and I took my eyes off the road for one second and the car made a very loud noise. Oh. And then on the display, it said like, take a break. And there was like a little cup of coffee there. And, and it, so eyes off the road, like, were your eyes closed? Were you like looking somewhere else? I like, turned to look at the passenger oh, very okay. kindly. And, and that's what happened. So I didn't know that feature was there and it scared me, like just <laughs> totally startled me. But it became this very interesting feature that I began to focus on. Uh, a lot of these car models are increasingly trying to incorporate some sort of behavioral metric or a module. Driver drowsiness is a very important one. And they use sort of multiple metrics where if you achieve a certain threshold, it decides that you're falling asleep and then can try to wake you up in some way. Um, so when it comes to these modules, often they use vehicular data to uh, determine drowsiness. Things like, say, the position of the car in the lane or how much time the driver spent behind the wheel. Um, and all of these are sort of calculated into some drowsiness metric uh, that it can use. So. I think this is a very exciting development within automotive. I think there's a a lot of different directions it can go. But if you're trying to create a model of behavioral or physiological um, information, you need some ground truth variable uh, that you're going to use to validate that model. So if you're going to look at drowsiness and you're going to try and quantify drowsiness, you should compare it to the physiological definition of what drowsiness is. So electroencephalography or EEG is probably your best bet there. And for EEG, there's a whole slew of academic literature defining what is drowsiness according to EEG. And many hardware vendors even have their own proprietary metrics for how they determine drowsiness with EEG. So I think that's a really easy tool to use here. Um, you can also use other tools in combination. So EEG or um, in combination with electrodermal activity or even facial expressions. There's a lot of different ways you can go about it. 
But if you're going to delve into this sort of behavioral stuff, then you need proper behavioral or physiological ground truth data to validate. The second thing is OEM development in general. And this is where I'm going to take a little bit of a futurist bent, I think. Um, so the great thing about the automotive industry is we're looking at human behavior, but not in isolation. We're not just looking at the driver. We're looking at the driver in an interaction with uh, and in the context of this machine that, frankly, is getting smarter by the day as people design new models. We don't know what the car is going to look like five years from now or 10 years from now or how it's going to interact with us. So if we're going to be, again, going back to this drowsiness example, if we have these modules that can detect vigilance or drowsiness and we're using vehicular data, why don't we also incorporate the behavioral data, the physiological data to refine that definition? Um, you can look at things like eye closure or head position or yawning behavior. Um, you can still look at physiological arousal through EDA. And Affectiva is doing a lot already to sort of lead the charge into this area with the stuff they're doing within the industry. Um, I think with regards to this application, there's a lot of potential to go in many different directions. So if you think about it this way, you know, what if you're in a minivan where the children in the back start acting up and the car detects that and say puts cartoons on on the rear, you know, televisions to calm them down? Or if you're looking at autonomous vehicles, what if you had an autonomous vehicle that could detect driver comfort or discomfort and can tailor the experience accordingly? For me, being a young person living in Massachusetts, I'm probably going to drive very differently from my elderly aunt in San Francisco. So you would probably want to have a car that can measure your comfort within that scenario and adjust accordingly. I think there's many different directions this can take um, and a lot of potential. Of course, then this introduces questions with regards to privacy and ethics as well. If you think about it, you know, do you really want a car that can listen to your heartbeat? How does, how is that going to relate in terms of health data? You know, do you really want to find out you have an arrhythmia because your car detected it? You know, there's many different conversations I think that has to happen and that will continue to happen as this progresses. But at least from the iMotions perspective, we hope that if we can enable researchers to incorporate biosensors into the R&D for OEMs, um, we can help pioneer these smarter technologies. Very cool. Yeah. I was going to ask. So, um, you're using it in the R&D process, but is there any talks about implementing these biometrics in a car with real, like you mentioned, like your car detected that you have a harder, like, is that something that is people are interested in or is it just too far into the future and maybe not? It's a little scary. It's something people have definitely asked us about, like, hey, can we integrate this technology into our vehicle? And we always have to say, well, we don't create the hardware. We just partner with companies that do, you know. So I think those are separate conversations that go on beyond us. Yeah. Um, but the interest is definitely there. Okay. Interesting. Especially, I imagine, as fully autonomous vehicles, you know, kind of come to the, come into the market. Yes, absolutely. Um, okay, so this year you will also be presenting uh, at our summit, and your title of your workshop is "More Data, Better Data: Defining Human Behavior with Biometrics." Can you give us a little teaser or a preview on what you're going to talk about? I feel like I feel like in a sense I've already given the teaser, so I almost don't want to say too much. But um, but I will say this: uh, what I'm going to do is again have that introduction and demonstration of the different tools for the people who couldn't make it last year. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, but I want to dig a little bit deeper into uses within automotive and go a little bit deeper down the rabbit hole. So 
there are some very, very interesting problems uh, within human behavior that biometrics can definitely tackle, but they're very difficult problems. Drowsiness is definitely one. Um, cognitive workload, I think, is another popular one, especially within automotive and aviation. Uh, these are very difficult problems in terms of the science because they're very difficult to define. There's a lot of nuance. There's many layers involved, and they're often context-dependent. So there's a lot of difficulty in how do we define these concepts, and then how can we you know, model design around them or create those models? So in a sense, they're really great topics for multimodal approaches, right? Because you can have different ways of looking at the problem, but they're also prime pickings for emotional AI, like these sorts of really complex problems. How do you quantify workload or drowsiness or distraction? Um, artificial intelligence, I think, would have a much better job of trying to define those uh, than conventional approaches. But then the question is, how do you get from the data to the model? These are very gnarly problems. And we have to think about the approach that we're going to take. Do we want to collect as much data as we possibly can, given the, the setting and the circumstance? Or do we want to maybe have more complex uh, and discerning algorithms? Is that the direction we're going to take? Or do you want to be very choosy with the data and be um, very particular about collecting data within a particular setting and within a particular context? Um, because again, this stuff is very context dependent. Um, if you're looking for an answer out of my workshop, I, I'm probably not going to provide one. <laughs> so just as a warning there. Um, but what I would like to do is open up this discussion, uh, see people's different perspectives. Because honestly, with a lot of this stuff, the scientific community is still trying to figure out how to best define these. So I would like to sort of open up the dialogue, see what people think, and hopefully something interesting will come out of it. Awesome. Did you have any asks of people that are listening or direct uh, some resources of where people can learn more about you, about iMotions, or any of the work that you're doing? Yeah, so uh, we have our website, iMotions.com. Uh, we just overhauled it. We have a new landing page, so it looks amazing. It looks Please. awesome, <laughs> I will say. I Please it. check it out. All of the, the videos and things I described earlier uh, are on there as well. Um, you can find uh, us on Twitter at iMotions Global, and you can also find us on LinkedIn as well. Uh, and I'm also on LinkedIn on top of that. Perfect. Okay, so one last question we're asking all of our guests. If your car could do one thing in the future to make your life a little easier, what would it be? Fly? No, that's yeah. that's terrifying. I take it back. I don't want my car to you fly. Want to fly. <laughs> I want it to fly. All I just the don't traffic, want to fly. I just get I right know. over and have to deal with until everyone else flies and there's just like 3D crashes everywhere. <laughs> um, let's see. I think. If my car could integrate with my calendar and also my to-do list, that would be very cool. So if I knew I had an appointment coming up and my car could sort of take the best route accounting for traffic and timing, knowing the time I needed to be there, um, even reminders like if I'm driving by the store mm -hmm. and the GPS can tell I'm by this place and my car can ping and say, Hey, you have to go buy milk. You told yourself to do this. Mm -hmm. I think that would make my life much easier. Interesting. So you would love it if your car was kind of a personal assistant. In a sense, yeah. But like, you know, with the whole Internet of Things stuff going yeah. on, I think it would be so cool to have it integrate with all that other stuff out there. Absolutely. Definitely. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Wilson, for making the time to speak with us today. It was great to have you. This was tons of fun. Thank you. Dr. Wilson is such a super smart woman in the field of biometrics and understanding human behavior, and I'm thrilled that she was able to speak with me. 
personally really excited to see her talk next month and loved her workshop last year where she shared some insights and advice for automotive companies looking to design more human-centric in-vehicle systems. I hope you enjoy today's episode. Don't forget to subscribe to Affectiva's Human-Centric AI podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts for new episodes. We're also on social media, so please reach out to us on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram at Affectiva to share any feedback you have on the show. And weigh in on the discussion using hashtag AffectivaAsks. Don't forget to rate us and comment with your feedback to help make the podcast more discoverable for others. Until next time, thanks for listening.